Hey guys, welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We're almost in the double digits, Doug. I know, that's exciting. We should have a party. You said we should have a party on episode four too. <laughs> I think we should celebrate every four. So now's the celebration. I guess that's what we're doing. Okay, the celebration here is really that I... So I have... There's a couple of different people that I really love following on Instagram. We had Kat and Nat on Mm -hmm. and another person I really love to follow. Her name is Maya Vordestras and she's like the original letterboard mom. So she (laughs) is like... She's just so inspiring. First of all, I first noticed her because she's an amazing photographer, comes up with all these funny little memes of like... I don't know, parenting. She just keeps it real. And, and I was like, where did we get all the ideas to take these photos? Why do I have a watermelon strapped around my stomach? Why are we wearing these outfits? And it's because you get the ideas from people like Maya. Yeah, I love... Well, first of all, I love following women on Instagram and in social media in general who are super real and authentic. But I also love following some that are just like, pretty and great photographers. But Maya is the one that's like... It started off, she was just a great photographer and very pretty. And then recently, she's kind of opened up on her Instagram page. And one of the things that she's opened up and kind of shared about recently is postpartum depression. I mean, she's had real, real bad postpartum depression. And she was vulnerable and open and raw, which is like all the things that I strive for to be like, I guess, because I feel like if we can all just share our real truths, then Mm. we'll all know that we're not alone and we'll be stronger because of it. Well, even something like this, I mean, it's, it's not something that you can plan for. It's also not something that, I mean, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. And it can happen all of a sudden. And, you know, she, she really does share her heart and soul and every, every piece of it. And there's a, a lot of, a lot of positive messages that'll come out. Oh my God, I am so inspired by Maya. So without further ado, I want to invite Maya onto the podcast. Yeah, let's get her on. Maya. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Are you in your car right now? Yes, I'm in my car. (laughs) Totally get it. I can't, I can't believe you're driving and doing a podcast at the oh, same time. Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'm multitask, but not that well. I can't be in the house. The kids would never let me do this ever. So, well, we've seen I'm pictures. Fine. We've seen pictures of you feeding a baby on a bottle and having a baby on your boob at the same time. So, I, oh, yeah. I mean, you're like superwoman to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to survive. Honestly, <laughs> I think we all are just trying to. Oh my gosh, that's exactly it. Okay, so for everybody who doesn't know who Maya is, I have to give a quick little introduction because I first discovered you on Instagram. Like, I feel like I've been following you for maybe a year now, and I'm just always so inspired by your honesty and like your pictures are amazing. So, thank you. So, anyone who may not know her, you're at Maya on Instagram. I can't say your last name. Vortistras. (laughs) Okay, so it's at Maya Vortistras. Yes, Which actually, is a lot easier. It looks like it's a hard pronunciation. Oh, it's also it's my husband's last name. <laughs> but sorry, yeah. it's always the husband's fault. That's why I never took my husband's. I mean, privately, I'm Jamie Hainer. That's my husband's yeah. last name. But publicly, I'm still just Jamie Otis, my maiden name. Yeah, it's that, much, mine is Duca. So, yeah, so much yeah, easier. Way easier, right? <laughs> yeah, way easier. Wait, did you say oh Duca God, or or Dupa? Duca with oh, a okay. C. Yeah. My, um, <laughs> no side note. Um, my grandma, that's what you, she used to call uh, a buttocks when we were growing up. Yeah, get your dupa out of here. That's oh, I, wow. I thought you said dupa, <laughs> not dupa. <duka. laughs> Almost. <laughs> 
So, okay. So long story short, I started following you on Instagram probably a year ago. I, I maybe wow. actually, cause I, oh my just, I was so inspired. First of all, you're so honest and real. And then Thank also you. your pictures are amazing. I don't know how you do that. I don't know either. I either use my husband or the ceiling. I just tape my phone to the ceiling and I usually take the fix. Really? Is that how you do it? Yes. I don't have a photographer. <laughs> oh my. And how do you get your babies to sleep together at the same exact time? I just wait for when my oldest is like really, really, really tired. And then mm-hmm. I just nurse the little one and turn the white machine on the white noise machine. And that's it. That's, that's it. Good to go. That puts me right to sleep. Yeah, it's perfect. It's the perfect it. package. <laughs> um, okay, so mm-hmm. real fast, yes. I want. And thank to... you for joining us. By the oh, way, yeah, we should probably say absolutely. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah. This is such an honor. I'm really, oh my really yeah. flattered. <laughs> I want to say that um, you've inspired a lot of photos that Jamie has made me do. Um, oh. One being the watermelon uh, strapped around <laughs> <Yes>. my stomach. <laughs> okay, so I was just looking through, and I was like, "Hey, I did that. Remember? I did that. Yeah, that's the cool. things that insta husbands have to do." Yes. So, okay. I, I even tried breastfeeding for a while. Doug, he's work. so... You can't take him seriously. He, Doug, he doesn't even know us. You have to like... Tell him that part. <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> I feel like I've known you guys forever. So it's good. Uh, okay. So, okay. So I think that is probably the first picture that I saw on your Instagram that I was like, oh my God, this girl's a genius. Oh so you had a picture of your your husband had the watermelon. Like somehow you had it like strapped onto him because yes. he... Like you know, he was like, "Oh, it can't be that bad to be nine yes. pregnant carrying you know a watermelon yep. belly." So you're like, "Oh, let me tell you how bad it really is." And okay, that you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, here, why don't you carry this watermelon around for you know the whole entire day? So Doug's of course complaining, like, "Oh, it can't be that bad." I was like, "Oh, once. you wait to see how bad your feet hurt after you carry a watermelon around." Yes, and not just the watermelon, just like the hormones and like everything else that goes with it. I I don't think men could do it with all due respect. Ah, uh, totally we never know. <laughs> we complain, but we get through it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I beg to question that. <laughs> but, yeah, me too. <laughs> so you're a mama of Irish twins. What does that mean, yes. Irish twins? Because you don't look so Irish twins. Um, I don't look. No, I'm not Irish. I'm Brazilian. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. She's so sarcastic. <laughs> Douglas. Oh, I, yeah, I should have caught that. Um, so Irish twins are kids that are born um in the same twelve months with a twelve month difference. So 12 months or less. So I got pregnant with my second daughter when my first daughter was two months old. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. I know. know. It was crazy. That must have been a shocker for you, huh? I I was the biggest shock of my life because I thought that you couldn't get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. I was just going to say that. Yeah, Yeah, but I certainly can. Yeah. (laughs) That's very quick. Yeah, Yeah. that was quick. That was quick. That is... So interesting that you say that you can get pregnant while you're breastfeeding because yeah, you see doctors say different things when you're there. They're saying, oh, you know, it's highly unlikely to get pregnant if you're breastfeeding, and mm-hmm. then then some say actually you can get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. So you just yeah, gotta be careful. And then that's true. Some doctors do say that it's it's you can't, but some are like women are different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all and, women are different. And, don't risk um, it. Yeah. And I think I saw that because um, Jamie was a big proponent of of wanting to breastfeed forever, and she just wanted to do it. She she set a goal for twelve months to to get okay. to that twelve month mark, and and I give her a lot of credit because there was some times where you know she was just like biting and just yeah, I was bad. I know. I saw. Um, I think I saw that you had um, while you were breastfeeding, um, your milk actually ran out when you were pregnant. 
Yes. When I w- when six my months? daughter was a f- five and a half or six months, I completely ran out of milk. So I switched over to formula. I wonder why, why, why did it... Because her hormones in her body. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Some women are fine doing it, but my body, I guess, didn't. I lost a lot of weight um, after my daughter was born. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess my body just couldn't keep up with it. I was devastated. Okay. Aww, but really? I ended up... Yeah. But, but I know... I, I was a first time mom. I didn't know that it was fine. But you know, at first time she grabbed that bottle and she just chugged it down. It was the best. She was so yeah. happy and so was I. <laughs> yeah. Fed it it really is best because, you know, so I I don't know if you know, but I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So it's like almost like Oh yeah. It's almost like ingrained in my head, you know, nurse, breastfeed, mm-hmm. encourage your mom's <laughs> to breastfeed. You know, yeah. the latch, it's so important that, you know, if you do want to breastfeed, that you get that yeah. latch immediately. Otherwise it's mm-hmm. very difficult. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. it's like ingrained in our head to like encourage your mom's to breastfeed. But it's mm-hmm. really sad for the women who can't for whatever reason, like for you, for example. Mm-hmm you know, your milk dried up and it's yeah. out of control. And then yes. you know, if we don't, if we don't support all moms choosing to feed however they want to, then, then moms have that mom guilt. And it's like, sometimes it's completely out of your control. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, it's not fair to those women to keep those expectations like so high or keep this model of what they should do. You just do what works best for you and your it's family. Like, all the, all the nice photos of, of pregnancy and, what they don't show is like the hemorrhoids and the, the bathroom breaks and the Oh my like, gosh. It's, it, yeah. It, there's so many pretty pregnant pictures out there and the behind yeah. the scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Easy for you to say, Doug, because I'm the one with the hemorrhoid. I currently have I, I have a bad one actually right now that I have. I got oh, pregnant. I'm sorry. I've got to like yeah. So then, you know, I've, we've been trying to get pregnant again and, mm-hmm. I'm trying, but I'm also trying to get rid of this. Right. Okay. This I know. Yeah. But it's, it's the worst. It's absolutely, I mean, <laughs> I don't think men realize exactly how much we go through, not just to carry the baby, but even afterwards. I mean, it's actually, yeah. it's, it's excruciating. So, <laughs> uh, so you had your daughters then there, you said they're Irish twins. So they're, they're within 12 months apart. They're 11 months apart. Yeah. That is bonkers. How old are they now? Uh, they are two and a half and one and a half. Oh, <laughs> how do you do it? Give us. Um, I mean, now I'm fine. The beginning was really, really, really hard to coordinate naps, to coordinate like giving the newborn attention while my oldest was still a baby. It was I. It was very difficult. But now, like they play with each other, although they can't really talk. They just right. play together, and some days I go crazy. Mm-hmm. But then the next day is good. So it depends on the day. But one thing that I promise you is that I know it's very scary when you're about to have a second and you don't know know what you're going to do. But one thing that you're going to do is handle it. You're just going to. And and it's so amazing that we're we're built like that and we just make it work. And even though some days suck, (laughs) some (laughs) days are great. And there's, you know, they're going to fall asleep and you're going to miss them. So isn't that so funny how does that happen to you so when when i like lay our daughter down it's like i cannot wait for bedtime i'm like oh bedtime bedtime bedtime. yeah then it happens like then she sleeps for like an hour and i'm like oh i miss her (laughs) i'm gonna wake her up yes i just want to go hug her (laughs) i know know. you can start looking at pictures and you just want to wake them up it's yeah it's crazy (laughs) it is something that we did very very late well, I guess because we there was no reason why we waited late, but um, we decided to sleep train Henley. Uh, I think it was after a year. Oh, right. Um, I can't imagine with two kids um, trying to sleep train. Yeah. Does does the newborn wake up 
Or like, well, I guess do you it, even, some moms don't even yeah. choose to sleep train. Is that something that you want? I didn't with any of them. Um, I, I just didn't, it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, although I really wanted to, because I have friends that did it and like their kids were sleeping through the night and it looked amazing. I just, I, I, I tried, but it, the first day didn't work. And for me, it, it, I just couldn't handle it. It was more me than her, but it was more of my husband taking the oldest one. If the little one was crying and then bringing her back in bed with us, it was a lot of like the little one woke up the big one and, that happened yeah. a lot until we finally fell into a routine and, and, you know, the oldest one started to sleep deeper and, you know, but it, it's a lot of adjusting. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of trial and error. Uh, but we end up figuring out by, by like three months into so that, the craziness. You, um, are you, do you live in New Jersey? I do. Okay, you, yeah. we're, in New, we're in New Jersey too. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk after. Cause <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in Passaic County. Okay, so that's a little Where bit north. It? We're down by the shore area. So, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it oh, yeah. is Currently very cold. three. <laughs> yeah. well, I was you... saying we um we were fortunate to have uh, my. I mean, the, I live right now where we live. It's fifteen minutes from where I grew up, and oh. my parents are still live in the same house that I grew up in. My brother oh. and sister both moved to the same development, which is like fifteen minutes away. Which mm-hmm. is like a godsend, just yeah. having that help. Absolutely. You know, did, yeah. did you do any daycare or did you, or you uh, did have, you have any help, help nearby? Or? No, my whole family is in Brazil. Everyone, my mom, my dad, my brother. Um, you can't and really ship the kids there during the day. I cannot. <laughs> um, but my mom did stay with me for uh, a couple months after both my kids were born. And that That's was awesome. a super help. And uh, Tim's parents are an hour away. So, you know, if we need anything, they're always there. But it, it was it was hard. I think it is really hard to not have that comfort of being near your parents or I don't have many friends because I, I moved from Brazil seven years ago. So I have a few, but really, really great friends um, that are always there for me, but you know, adults have like their own lives. Mm -hmm. So, but I have to do, I would say like 95% of all of it by myself. That is insane. I know 24 hours, seven days a week, but I will tell you something. It's, I am a much stronger person because of it. And I am sometimes it was, I thought it would be unbearable to not have my mom with me or my dad helping me or just their presence and going to them for like advice in person and stuff. But I am just a much, I think I'm a better person because of it. And, you know, you only realize that after all the hardships and like, after like you hit rock bottom, (laughs) but I think it was meant to be. It's one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So you're just talking about hitting rock bottom. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on our podcast. So one of our friends, we call our fans, our followers, friends, because they're like a fan, a friend. (laughs) (laughs) So one of our friends reached out. um, And so I'm always asking, what do you guys want us to talk about on this podcast? Like what would be helpful for them? And someone said, I'd really love for you to have someone on who's dealt with any sort of postpartum depression. Because it's something that a lot of women go through. No one talks about. It's, mm-hmm. it's those things that you're very, you shouldn't be, but you're, you tend to be ashamed of for yeah. whatever reason. Mental health, the stigma behind that is, it's, it's, it's very sad. It's ridiculous, but it's there. Yeah. So anyways, I had, like I said, I've been following you for a while and I remember you made this video on your Instagram and it was just so yeah. real and raw and personal. And so I instantly thought, she, because I feel like you have, it seems as if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems as if you've kind of you've been through the thick of it postpartum depression wise, yeah. and you kind of like I feel like you've kind of conquered it. Have do you feel? Do you feel like you've conquered it? I am almost there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I am almost there. Good I, for you, girl. Yeah. Was it the same feeling for uh, from one baby to the next? So I, when I got pregnant with my second baby, like I, I was still figuring out how to be a mom, but I was super excited. I had energy all the time. And even when my second one was born, I was the same way. I think even more excited. I was handling it well, even though some days were hard. Um, I was keeping like housework in check and I was just doing very well. And what I didn't know is that you could get postpartum depression months after you had the baby. I had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know. And to me, I was just doing super, super well until Hazel was five or six. It was six months. Um, When Hazel hit six months, I, if I could choose a word for what I was feeling is I was, I was fading. I was, I started fading away. I did not recognize myself. Is Hazel your first or your second? She's my second, my second. Okay. So you didn't have the postpartum depression after the first baby. But this no, it was after baby. the second. Yeah. And it was six yeah. months or so after you had her. After I had her, um, which was, that's why I never thought I would have it because to me, it's something that just, you had it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, misconceptions, you know, yeah. are not yeah. being formed. I just didn't know. And I am known for being a happy person and a very positive person. And it's not just on Instagram. I just, I am that way. Yes. I, I, I choose to be happy in situations that are difficult. I, my mom is like this. So I feel like I just grew up this way. And for me, I was always in denial because I didn't want to feel weak to people. And, and since my biggest quality was my happiness and my positivity, I feel like that was taking it away. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was so terrified of being diagnosed with postpartum depression and for months I was ignoring it and just pushing it and pushing it in and then just and just it completely ignoring myself because I didn't I didn't want it out in the open even for myself you know it would yeah. be too hard I felt like I think that you're not the only person to go through that kind of bit of denial mm-hmm. slash yeah just well, it's also like denial. how do you know if if that if it is what it is you know it's like how well, do you you know, when, when, if you don't have experience with it or if it happened, hasn't happened, I mean, for, for me, if, if I, I don't know, I just wouldn't think that it was postpartum depression if I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was. And I'm just trying to, I mean, even for like my family and friends are the first ones that call me out. Uh, saying, yeah. Why are you being such a hermit? <laughs> why, why are you staying in? What's the matter with you? And, you know, I know. but not everybody, not everybody has honest friends and family that can kind of pull them out. And to be honest, when I went through some depression, I, I didn't want people to say, come on, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Yeah. It was like, that was the worst thing to say to me was like, you know, stop trying to motivate me. I'm going to just stay. But uh, did, did, did you have help outside of medication? So what happened was I started feeling very angry every day, not towards my kids, Thank God I was never angry towards them. I was angry towards myself and towards my husband. So any little thing, it was just this rage and my chest would burn and any like stupid little thing would make me so angry and I would cry from anger. And after a couple months feeling like that, that's when I hit rock bottom and I actually have never told this and anyone this, but I literally punched the hole in the wall. I, I, I actually pushed my door handle at the door into the wall and there's a huge hole in my bedroom wall and I was terrified of my husband getting home and seeing what was he going to say and I was like he's gonna yell at me he's gonna think that I'm crazy and he looked me in the eye and I was like that's it and he said Maya 
this is not you. We're going to get help. That's all he said. And at that moment, I was like, God, thank you for giving me a man that could tell the difference between just being angry or whatever and me changing my behavior and not being who I actually am. He knows me. So he said, we're going to get help. You're going to get the phone right now. You're going to call the doctor. So I asked for an emergency appointment. I said it was serious. Um, and I got an appointment for two days later. Um, <laughs> so so I, I was like, I need help. I need help. I, this has to change. I couldn't, I could not live like that anymore. Uh, so when I got to the doctor's office, I was like, God, please, I do not want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't say a word. I just kept sobbing and I was sobbing, sobbing. And the doctor waited for me to finish sobbing. And she said, you have postpartum depression. And I said, no, I don't. She said, you do. You check most of the boxes, but it's okay. She said, it's okay. I said, but I'm a failure. I kept saying, I'm a failure. I'm failing. And she said, you're not failing. So many women come here every single day going through the same thing that you are going through. And do you know what's going to happen? You're going to get better. You're going to get better. There's nothing bad, you know, when telling people that you need help is not a sign of weakness, but it's smart. You're, you're trying to fix something. That's so true. I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm like holding back tears over here. <laughs> just, first of all, your husband's amazing. And second of all, I just like feel for you. I feel for you so much because I know that you live a bit of a public life on Instagram, but yeah. I would have never known that you had this type of, mm-hmm. struggle, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's yeah. like that Instagram versus reality thing. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why kind of why we decided to just be as open and honest as possible. You know, because I know Jamie felt a lot of therapy when when we had lost our our the first time that we were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we found comfort in in people, um, exactly. you know, and just people sharing the same story and going through yeah. the same thing. And you know, it takes someone to say something and stand out for others to follow. You know, exactly. So, I think ultimately that it's it takes people like you and I to be honest about our struggles and just mm-hmm. be super real and vulnerable. Yeah. And then, you know, and in, in turn, it helps us personally, but also exactly. lots of other people. It helps us by just like living our truth and not have like mm-hmm. hiding in shame or, you Absolutely. know, or tending to be a certain way because that's so hard to keep up with. But mm-hmm. then when you let it out, it, you realize, oh my God, I'm not the only person. Mm-hmm. Like, like the doctor said to you, you're going to yeah. be okay. And yes. it's okay that this is happening to you. You're not, you're not a failure whatsoever. Yes. I mean, quite frankly, you have two one and under at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're all alone. You have no family there to help mm-hmm. you. And you're raising these kids like, you know, that's yeah. just not that in itself. I <laughs> think it's crazy. I, yeah. I would have postpartum depression. I, no <laughs> wonder I had it, right? Yes. yes. I know. Oh you're my justified. Yes. <laughs> I know. When I look back and, and I see the big picture, I'm like, I, I mean, when my kids were born, I decided to unknow myself. It was a conscious decision. I was like, I don't matter anymore. My kids are the only thing that matter. And that is why I ended up the way that I did. Because, you know, denying help and denying that I needed attention. No wonder, like, I fell apart. I really did. And, you know, that's why it is important to talk about it. Because, you know, I had I got so many messages saying, but you're, ha- you're the happy Instagrammer. What do you mean you have postpartum depression? <laughs> So this is why it's so important because you don't feel alone if you have it, because even the happiest girl or the saddest girl or the girl that is, you know, balanced is at risk of, you know, going through something like this Absolutely. and you're not alone. It's, it's fine. You know, we're going to get through it together. It's more of like, um, it was a little bit of 
it helps with healing to share and to hear, I went through this too. You're going to be fine years ago, but now I'm fine. Or I'm going through this right now. I'm holding your hand. There is nothing, nothing more important or more comforting than that. And that's why I, I keep talking about it. And sometimes it hurts to be so vulnerable and, and think that, you know, you're going to be judged or anything, but those things don't matter. Yeah. It's more important to focus on, you know, getting the help that I need. And honestly, the fact that you can, you know, you come on our podcast and say that and other women are listening to this right now, it is, mm-hmm. I promise you, it's going to inspire someone to say, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. Like yeah. maybe their, their postpartum depression doesn't come as anger. Maybe it comes as just sadness. Maybe exactly. It is like not being able to get out of bed or, mm-hmm. you know, disconnection from your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could could be a slew of different things. But if you're sitting here listening to this, recognizing that something's off, and you mm-hmm. maybe it's not even postpartum depression, this could just be mental illness in general. Yeah, exactly, a mental illness because it sounds so like I don't know ill. But mm-hmm. I mean, if your liver was broken, right? Mm-hmm. Like if something was wrong with your liver, you would instantly take whatever medication they told you to take, right? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's your organ; you have to have that work. If your heart wasn't working properly, you uh-huh. would take like the blood pressure medicine or whatever the case may be. If our brains aren't working correctly, what mm-hmm. makes us think that we can't take the medicine? Because, Absolutely. you know, right? Our brains need to function. And a lot of times there's a chemical imbalance, whether it's yes. from like pregnancy hormones or whether it's mm-hmm. from just, you know, like to be very honest, I take an a antidepressant like yeah, every too. single day. And I know I do not like to admit that when Doug and I first got married, I didn't want his parents to know because I felt <laughs> like, you know how you said you <laughs> felt like a failure? I kind of yeah. felt like a failure too. And I felt like something was wrong with me and I was broken and it was embarrassing, yeah. but it's not, it's, un- it's, it's not. So unfortunate that there's that yeah. stigma. So thank I've been you. On it for like five years, oh. six years now. Yeah. yeah. It's such a blessing to have something to rely on. I, I felt in the beginning, I didn't want to go on medication. I was so angry that I had to, because I thought it was ridiculous that I had to take medication to feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. Why can't, couldn't I just be myself without having to take a pill? But the doctor said, you, this is not a life sentence. <laughs> it's like, right. calm down. You can just be on a low dose of Zoloft for six months or for three years, but we are going to cross that bridge when we get there. But right now, just let's do this so we can pull you out of that hole. And right. it, that was exactly what I needed. And I did do something stupid that I'm going to share because I feel like this could be a common mistake. The doctor told me that the, the medicine was going to start working anytime between four to six weeks. By the third day, I was myself. I can't explain. Maybe, I don't know if it happens often, but to me, that's what I needed. And on the third day, I woke up without that ugly pit in the bottom of my stomach, you know, just like hopeless and just sad. I woke up balanced and I felt so at peace. And a month into the medication, I decided that I was a doctor. And I said, I am fine. I don't need to take this anymore. And I stopped taking my medication, which was the biggest mistake that I made. Cold turkey, just completely ignorant, just stopped taking it. And that's for sale, no, no. fine. That's a big no. I had no <laughs> yeah. idea. And I was like, I'm fine. I don't need this anymore. And then by the fourth day in the morning, I felt the rage again and I could not stop crying. That's when I recorded that clip for my video on Instagram. Uh-huh. I burst it into tears and I could not stop. And Tim said, Maya, the voice of reason, <laughs> Maya, <laughs> go back on medication, please. Six hours later, I was fine again. And I, I stopped taking the medication because I had gained a little bit of weight while being on it, which the doctor did tell me that would happen. Um, and I felt a little bit insecure. And I was like, I don't need anymore. I'm fine. I'm happy. So I said, since I was back on medication, I said, 
what can I do to make myself feel better while on the medication about my weight? So for the first time in my life, I joined the gym with a bunch of classes, doing Zumba, doing Pio, doing <laughs> all those crazy things with the old ladies. It's amazing. <laughs> and I, it's just the best. Those old ladies, like super flexible, just motivating me. It's the best <laughs> thing that I did. You know, it was incredible. And also like the one thing that I would advise women is to, if you're a stay-at-home mom, get ready in the morning. I, I felt like after the third day being in the same pair of pajamas and just feeling horrible, I felt like that was kind of dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I didn't feel like a woman. And I was like, wait a second, I need to get up in the morning and I need to start the day with coffee and I need to get better and I need to get dressed. So I would put whatever pair of jeans, sweater, I would put my hair up and just put some makeup on just so I felt like a person and felt mm -hmm. like I spent 10 minutes on myself because I, at the end of the day, I do deserve it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, that those little things that I started, I started doing for myself started, I, I started understanding that I matter mm -hmm. and there's value in paying attention to myself and loving myself and seeing my best friend and going out to a restaurant with her and being out for a couple of hours and just paying attention to what I need and buy something nice or just doing my nails at home after the kids go to sleep. I think that those little things that th those small gestures make you feel like a person again mm -hmm. and that you matter to yourself. And that's where it starts. And that's when I started actually getting better. Yeah. I think you are speaking to so many people when you share this, because even for me myself, like, you know, it's like, all of a sudden when you become a mom, it's almost like your showers don't happen anymore. And so then no, yeah. you just like let it go because you're like, oh, I have to take care of the baby. Of course I'm not mm -hmm. going to shower. Or yeah. and makeup, forget it. You, like yeah. for doing your hair, that's like out of the question. Mm -hmm. But even like a shower, you know? Yes. And so for, you know, especially in the beginning, it's very easy to just let your day where you're in your pajamas, the same exact pair for three days in a row and you don't really yeah. come showered. Your breath smells like dragon's breath. And yeah. you, yes. you justify it. <laughs> Yes, you justify it, with, you know that you have a new baby, and or you make excuses. A kid. You keep making excuses, yeah, yeah and sure. then but you feel so miserable inside. And then when you do take the ten minutes to shower and put your hair and hair up and put a little makeup on, then you feel guilty as a mom, which is exactly something we have got to help each other. Like we've mm -hmm. got to be like, girl, yeah, what is up with that? <laughs> I I totally agree. Like so, to everyone listening right now, you are allowed to shower and you are mm -hmm. allowed to put your change your clothes. Yes. Feeling like poo, I promise you, just shower and like put a little makeup on and let yourself know. And yeah, and like you said, join the gym, go to Zumba. I did the Zumba thing also. Oh. It's really fun, actually. It's I, so it, fun. It's so fun. I mean, that's such a great way to kick yourself, you know, mm. kick yourself in the tushy and yeah. just kind of, but like also let yourself feel loved and important because you are, at the end of the day, these babies would be nothing without you. So we Absolutely. have to take care of us. Yes. Yeah. It starts with yourself and it is something I think, especially after during the first baby season of our lives that we are just trying to figure everything else. It, it is just so easy to completely unknow yourself and just become like very lonely and think that you don't matter and that all the attention goes to the baby mm -hmm. and whatever's left goes to your husband. And then what is left for yourself? Yeah. You know, how can I be the best mom that I possibly can if I don't take care of myself? I have two little girls and I want today, now in January, 
after one of them is almost three years old, no, two and a half, I realized that I want them to grow up knowing that their mother was the best mom, the best friend, the best um, family member, but the best like woman for herself. Yeah, she took care of herself. They need to see that on me, and mm-hmm. they need to see me caring for myself because I want them to take care for themselves exactly. in the future. They need to see that, and that is my only motivation. Because honestly, some days I'm just like I do not care. I look in the mirror and I feel like crap, mm-hmm. and it, it's a lot of ups and downs. But then I look at them and I want them to be strong women that know their worth, mm-hmm. and that is where I get that strength for. Because sometimes I can't find it in myself, but I will find it in them. And some days I will find it in myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started to realize how much, and just having Henley, how much she starts to mimic and watch Absolutely. every movement and watch every little thought that you have. And it, I mean, if 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 I walk and I hop on one foot, she tries to hop yeah. on one foot. And yeah. I truly believe that when you teach good habits growing up, and I always mm-hmm. go back to playing sports, but I had played sports my entire life. And that's because I was mm-hmm. getting outside and my dad took me outside and had a catch and played ball with me. And mm-hmm. inside, it was like they they didn't just lounge around. They didn't just sit on the couch mm-hmm. and just ignore. We always had dinner at the table. We always, uh, you know, went out uh, for the weekends. We always did something active. And it was, you know, that's just the, the my whole memory of growing up. And I, I think that my parents were the greatest parents ever and still are, yeah. you know, but it, awesome. I'd never realized until I became a parent how much that, you know, the impression that you start to make on a growing baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's huge. The good and the bad, you know, you start repeating patterns that you saw in your parents growing up that mm-hmm. oh, either that you said, I'm going to do this with my kids when I grow up or that I'm completely going to like stray away from it. And that, you know, I started talking like my mom and getting angry Latina <laughs> like my mom and repeating patterns that I promised I never would. But, you know, one thing that I, I think it's really cool that Tim and I did, Tim and I talk a lot. And one of the things that we did after we had our first baby was that he had some patterns or, or, you know, he had some things that he did not want to repeat that his parents did. And I had some that I didn't want to do. Um, so, and many, many that we did want to, because mm-hmm. we love our parents, but we promised each other that we would call each other out when we were doing those things, because it's just in you, it's just the way you were raised. Mm-hmm. And um, when we see something that the other doesn't want to do, and we understand that we just call each other out and say, no, you're doing it or you're not doing it or, you know, and I think that is important because I don't know, they literally will do everything that we do. Yeah. <laughs> so when I punched that hole in the wall, I was like, I do not want my kids to, they're never going to remember that because they're very young. Right. But they were in the kitchen when I did that in my bedroom. So I, I, that was the moment I was like, it was for them. It was for them that I reached out for help. So. But, you know, by doing that for them, it's, you know, you're, not only are you, it's almost like one hand washes the other because you're getting yourself help, but you're Mm -hmm. also helping them. Just like you Mm -hmm. said, you know, because they do, they see everything, but I can't tell you, thank you enough for being just truly for being open and honest about this. Cause there's a lot of people who would never share this because Mm -hmm. you know, for fear of being judged or whatever. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, is that we've all been there one, you know, in one Mm -hmm. way or another. And we've got to be like, I think, I guess I feel like a, 
uh, a dead horse <laughs> saying this again, Doug's probably like, you already said this, but I know we have to yeah. be yeah. open and honest about these types of things. Yeah. So, and, and, but also realizing that it's, it's not, it's not so easy for everybody. It's, you know, it's the, yeah. you, you know, you, you, you get help when you need help and, you know, when you want to get better and, you know, if the kids are your motivating thing, great. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, a healthy, a healthy you uh, is where everything starts. You know, you keep yeah. yourself healthy. You keep yourself yeah. going on the right path, so you can be a good exactly. parent. So you can be a good. Like friend. you're allowed to to want to take care of you. You shouldn't like we as moms. We shouldn't have guilt for you know wanting to have an hour at the gym or going to yes. our friend or and it's that's so much easier said than done. Like it's like you yes. feel guilty the minute you walk out the door. <laughs> but um, you yeah. know, what? real fast, I wanted to ask you uh, mm-hmm. two things to try to help other women who may be going through this, whether it's okay. depression or any sort of um, depression. First thing was um, like how so you kind of already said like that you were feeling like just angry and super down. Because I wanted to ask you, how, how did you feel and how did you know that this was an issue? Like what are some like signs that someone could look for? The hole through the wall. This is going to sound crazy and it might be just me, but I told my husband and I started actually writing a song with that feeling because I needed to translate it into something. I forgot my face one day at night. I didn't, I didn't remember what I looked like. And I say that like, it makes me want to cry because it was such a real feeling. I was in the living room talking to my husband and I forgot what my face looked like. And that's when I, I told you that I was, I felt like I was fading away one night. I was like, I don't recognize myself. And I think that that was the beginning of it all. And then it was first forgetting about my face. And then, and then I felt like my personality started to change, which I, I started becoming an introvert, which I'm not really, but I started feeling lonely and I didn't want to, you know, talk to friends or talk to family. I was isolating myself and I I was becoming very angry. And it, it, you know, it is hard reaching out for help because you may not realize that you're doing those things or that you are going through those things. So that's why it's important to talk to either your partner or a family member who you trust and who knows you if they're seeing something from the outside to give you an outside perspective. Because I, I didn't, I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't know what it was until I punched the hole in the wall. Um, so that's what I felt. I felt like I was disappearing and I felt angry and sad and isolating myself. That's those were the biggest issues with me that I realized I needed help. So when you were diagnosed, and by the way, just circling back to when you said that uh, you stopped taking the medicine yourself because you thought you were better. True story. I did the same exact thing. See, you say idiot. I did the same exact thing. Seriously, and we were silly. So, uh, okay. So the so. I was first 19 years old, I believe. I had custody of my siblings, and I ended up getting. You told me I had, or I, I had a depression period, and um, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was in nursing school, and I knew about all these side effects with medicine. Oh. I didn't want to be on any medicine, and I also knew that like that there was a stigma related to mental health. Oh, yeah. People, people, you know, like even nurses at the hospital, like if the person has a history of depression then mm-hmm. or anxiety, then they're automatically like a drama queen or oh, like... Oh, my God. Super. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be this person. Like, I don't want that. This can't be... Yeah. And so anyways, the doctor gives me the medicine and I start taking it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I start feeling, like you said, like the best word is balanced, but like also like happy for no reason. Like, yeah, before, <laughs> like I had to be like, there had to be a big thing for me to be happy. It's amazing. Yeah. And so then, like, I was just happy for no reason. And I was like, well, this is weird. I'm like, I'm happy, but why am I happy? Like, and I got mm-hmm. weirded out by the feeling because I had been so long 
like it, it scared me to be happy. Like it scared me to 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 go through this mm-hmm. with the medicine. Yeah. So I so I stopped taking it because I'm too happy. You stopped. It was it. freaky to me. Uh, anyway, so I stopped taking it because of all those reasons. I was scared of being happy for no reason because it was like unfamiliar to me. I was scared of any side effects. I was scared of the stigma more than anything. Yeah. So like, just like you, I started feeling better. I was like, oh, I'm happy. I don't need to take this. I, I yeah. knew I wasn't like depressed. I had no way. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm also the same way when I grew up. I, you know, The way I was when I was a child, I wasn't the depressed person. So mm-hmm. anyway, long story short, you're not an idiot for, not, for like randomly... <laughs> not an idiot at all. Mm-hmm. I... Neither am I. I'm not going to call myself an idiot. We're maybe silly, but not an idiot. <laughs> silly. <laughs> Very silly. But the next question I had for you was, mm-hmm. um, when you were diagnosed with postpartum depression, what helped you the most, like immediately, like during the midst of the storm? What helped you the most to kind of come? I think that actually my doctor did tell me something that was really scary. She said that if I had taken like a couple months longer to reach out for help, she said that there's something very dangerous called... Um, postpartum psychosis it's when women like literally snap they either like get out of the house leave the door open in the cold and just run away stuff that's really crazy so that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to look for help but i think that immediately what really helped me was the medication just because i was at that point there are women that can just look for counseling uh, before going into medication but at the at the stage that i was I do believe that my doctor was right in, you know, giving me the medication. I think that was the most important thing. That's so good to hear because I think so many women would, myself included, and probably you as well, you want to yeah. like try, try anything else other than the medication. But yeah. there's nothing yeah. wrong with taking the medication. Mm-hmm. No, there's not. Did you do any? Did you find anything that was helpful in addition to the medicine? Like for me, so yeah, it was the medication. It was definitely going to the gym. Because I hated anything that was remotely, you know, any, anything related to exercising, but to know, to get to know other women in a different community and occupy my brain with trying to survive the class because I was very sedentary. I, that was very good because I forgot about, you know, the dishes and I forgot about the diapers and I forgot about everything. And I, on that moment, on that hour, it's just one hour a day mm-hmm. in that hour, I focused on myself. So definitely exercising, which sounds so like lame, i uh, just exercise, drink water, but like literally exercising mm-hmm. and the medicine and taking care of myself as in getting ready in the morning. Those things saved me. I know, you know, of course, you know, I know Jesus has been watching over me and I have been praying every single day, but you know, we have to take action. We can just rely on, you know, mm-hmm. um, so definitely taking action and paying attention to yourself. So medicine, exercise mm-hmm. and getting ready in the morning was for me what really, really made a difference. There is a lot that comes from just breaking a sweat, you know, yeah. like just getting your heart rate up, breaking a sweat mm-hmm. At least those endorphins. can do wonders for people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, for me, it was more it was even more than just exercising for me was taking action to leave my house because, you know, before this whole thing, the guilt just really consumed me. And I literally felt like I was neglecting my kids when I left them in the house, which is absolutely insane. But I only see that now when I I started doing other things, but it was really hard for me. It was very emotional to leave the house. I mean, they're with my husband. Like, why would I feel guilty? You know, 
But to get in the car and go to the gym crying for the first week or two, um, that was very emotional for me, but it was something that I really had to go through to get to where I am today. So that was, it was, it was surreal. It was really, really good for me. To, my, it was hard. You know, it will be hard. It will be well, hard to go for marathon. pushing through that though. I mean, yeah. You oh, know, you can stop, stop. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, you are such an inspiration. Like oh, I love you on Instagram. I love you in real life. Like you are thank genuinely, you, you are going to help so many women. I hope thank you. you are helping me just by ta- chatting to you right now. I'm like, just like staring and hanging on your every word. <laughs> you're just so real and it's just oh, so relatable. And I mean, you're so much, I mean, I always just followed you because of your great photography skills, but you're so much more than a great photographer. And thank, oh, you have no idea. Thank you. That, that's very kind of you to say. Same to you. I just, it's hard to get to the vulnerability point, but when you understand that there's a community that will get stronger and you're going to get stronger mm-hmm. from it. You just love, you get addicted to sharing. It's not yeah. oversharing. It's just sharing the biggest struggles because it will definitely make you stronger. It, I feel like that's what it is for me. So it's really great that, you know, these Insta moms and like the other moms that follow, just comment and engage and message. It is just so good to not feel alone. Yes whether you work or whether you stay at home, you just, you can find a community that shares the same things. And, you know, there's no hate, there's no shame, there's no judgment, mm-hmm. but there's only support because that's what we need. There's like, yeah. I have no time for drama, no time for like fighting, no time for, you know, commenting mean things on other people's, but just right. we need to stick together. That is really, really important. I, I love that you said community because I feel like the same thing for my Instagram. I feel yeah. like I have a community of women who are just so loving and supportive. Mm-hmm. And now they're here on our podcast. And I know that you do too. And I, I'm sure yes. that some of my community, our friends would love to follow oh, you. So thank you how so can much. they find you on Instagram if they wanted to see your cool pictures? And Oh, yeah. thank you. It's Maya Bordestraus and I have a blog. It's onceuponaletterboard.com okay. uh, because I do my letterboards. You are the original letterboard mom. And now it's like my profile. No, I like it because it's true. You are the original letterboard mom. I started the whole thing because I, when I was pregnant with my first, it was a very challenging pregnancy. And I just, when I had her, I felt like I did not have my, nothing together. She wouldn't sleep. I I was having a lot of difficulty (laughs) breastfeeding. Everything was hard. And Mm -hmm. I thought it wouldn't be hard because I I didn't see hard things online. I right. thought everything was perfect and I'm not at all judging people that choose to portray, you know, to, to put the beauty out, the beautiful, you know, Moment. things. It's fine. It's beautiful. I love being inspired, but that just wasn't my reality. And that just wasn't cutting it. So I was like, one day I was so angry. I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about my flare and sciatica. And I did. And I made a letter board and I was like, you know what? I'm hurting, but I'm happy. And <laughs> I was like, mm, this worked. And other women started sharing, you know, their pregnancy struggles too. And it ended up becoming letter boards everywhere, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, you really started a, a whole trend. Yeah. I have a letter board downstairs. I've never been able to use it because it's actually a lot more difficult than you think. Yes, you do have a letter board. I oh bought God. a letter board. I was seriously so inspired by you and your Instagram. I mean, oh, I'm with my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the letter board. Try with, I mean, I never, I never took a letter board picture, but I, maybe I'll try one day. Maybe you could I mean, sometime. The, the letters, <laughs> you just give it to Doug to do it. I give yeah. it to Tim. I say, I want this written on it. You just put it together because oh. nobody got time for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then you have to like have like the cute picture with a letter board and like, you know, I'm just, 
never that clever, but I'm going to try to figure that out. Maybe I'll, I'll start doing that. Yeah, yeah it's fun. It's fun. It's good memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much, Maya, yes. for coming of on. Course. So of open course. and honest. I know women are going to be so touched by this. And thank you. I really hope so. And so. thank you, Tim, for watching the <laughs> yeah thanks for hanging out yeah. in your car talking to us <laughs> of course thank you for um having a space where you know you can bring people on and you can share you know the good stuff the bad stuff but mostly yeah. having in mind that you know we're human and you know we can all talk and we can try to figure it out together so thank you for using the platform to help so many people sure. i'm truly honored and I really, really appreciate you inviting me over. Uh, we thank are so you. honored that you took the time because I know you're a busy mama. So thank you for yeah. being oh, you guys. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so, so, so much. We'll be in touch soon because yeah. you know what? We're New Jersey neighbors. I mean, we both live in Jersey. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. So we'll have to and like... I do Zumba. <laughs> oh, we can do Zumba. We can do like a town live Zumba together. We'll figure it out. Yeah. You know what we'll do? We'll let Tim and Doug stay home with the babies and you and I will go out and do Zumba. How about oh that? And that I would did, be amazing. And I did, I did do a Portuguese wedding, so I do know some Portuguese also. Really? Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. That is awesome. I became an ordained minister and uh, yeah. But you say you know Portuguese. I'm putting you on the spot. Let's, let's hear you say Como it. Está? Yeah, come on. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> what else? Wayne you more than that? But, Whoa, what Wilson. was that? Well, I think it's thank you. No. What? Obrigado is thank you. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, you didn't say that. I'd have to look. I, aproveita. I, aproveita yeah. is like, enjoy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm impressed, Doug. I'm proud of you. Oh, <laughs> I wrote it, I wrote nice. it, it was a while ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, awesome. Maya. Really, I'll thank be in touch you. with you for sure. And for everybody who of wants course. to follow her on Instagram, it's at Maya. Vor- I'm going to spell your last name. It's Vordestras. O-R-D-E-R-S-T-R-A-S-E. S-S-E. Yeah. And it's onceuponaletterboard.com. Yeah. Yeah. Easier. Go to her blog, onceuponaletterboard. Yeah. yeah. And from there, there's a link. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Night. Good luck with everything. Right. I'm sure that the, the you know, you're still on the journey and we are rooting mm-hmm. for you. Yes. I'm, I'm Thank you, for you girl. so much. It really means a lot. <laughs> and no yeah. more holes in the wall. No hey, more listen. holes in the wall. You know no. what, though, girl? If you have to put a hole in the yeah. wall. Yeah. You know what? You're a you're a yeah. stay at home mom for two kids. <laughs> what are they? Two yeah. and under? Are they two, two and a half? One and a half? One and a half? Yeah. I've always yeah. said parents should have it, just a wall that you can punch, like just yeah. a dedicated wall to punch everyone. You know, time. I've been screaming into pillows, so that's a little more gentle, and the kids <laughs> cannot hear me. So there you go. <laughs> no one will know. You can hide <laughs> your crazy that way. I'll talk to you Okay. Bye. Okay, I mean, that... It does offer some inspiring messages like that i, I, I think, felt a lot better after that i think a man a man just doesn't get it like i no, I, I think I that don't. whole interview you were a little like sideswept but no we deal a, with it we deal well, you don't with, have postpartum depression I'm i know but we but it's it's also good you don't have our us. hormones doug <laughs> i understand and that's what i'm saying is that it helps men understand Yes. No, I totally agree. But like, I think that I was just swept away in that conversation, like eating up her every word because she was just so real and just so raw. And I think that she's going to help so many women. And I just wish I could, you know, I honestly, I think she's probably one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast for the simple fact that, I mean, I guess I love them all so far because like some of them are funny and some of them are, you know, inspiring, but she's just, you know, I just appreciate real, honest people. Yeah, she was a good hang. Yeah. 
So this is the time of the podcast that we read a little snippet from my book, Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right. This book is available. Yeah, that's you. This book is available on Amazon.com. It's also available for a signed copy on our website, jamieotis.com. That's right. Which, by the way, I am having it updated, so it might be down for a hot moment. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's slower than a box of rocks. Yes. And box of rocks are very, very slow. Yeah. Boxer rocks going up a hill are super freaking slow. Mm-hmm. And that's how slow my, my website is. So if you realize it's out of commission for a hot minute, you'll know why. Just I'm wait updating longer. it. Yeah, you're just gonna have to wait like as long as it takes for a box of rocks to go up a hill. <laughs> so, Douglas, do you want to start chapter four? Sure. A vacation where two people get to know each other. That's the title of the chapter. Which we really needed to get to know each other. Yeah, we were strangers married on our honeymoon. They say you really don't know someone until you travel with them. Well, I didn't know Jack about Doug. So I guess hopping on a plane immediately after getting hitched is a smart way to bond or insane. Either way, I think it was destiny that we went to the tropical Virgin Islands, even if we were only there for a few days. There were five crucial things that happened on this super short three-day honeymoon. At first, I hated calling it that word. I hated calling it honeymoon. I hated being called a wife. I preferred the title of this chapter. Yeah, I preferred vacation over honeymoon. And I did not like to call you my husband because I thought that was I never weird. made you. That was the best thing is you never forced me. So then I went on to say the five crucial things that had to happen in order for us to fall in love. And it just kind of like the stars aligned. And I, you know, am super open and honest about the things that happen. Did like, you tell the experts that? For example... Uh, the first time I touched my husband's penis yes. is in this chapter. I and, celebrate that uh, day on my calendar. <laughs> it was only a little embarrassing for me. <laughs> I've done two very embarrassing things in relationships. Mm-hmm. One man sent me home without the rose. Another man fell in love with me. So March 26th. I, I think that I got the right guy. <laughs> March 26th, 2000. 14. That's it. That was the day I touched my husband's penis. Yes. But I wanted to let you guys know that... And you were super awkward. Oh, I was so... I'm still... I'm not that awkward anymore, right? No, but um, but I could tell you were nervous. I was so nervous. Oh my gosh. So that's it for this podcast episode. But please... So the reason why I had Maya on the podcast today was because someone emailed me and said they really wanted someone you know, to talk about postpartum depression. And so... Please, I we re, when I say that we genuinely read all your emails and we look look at your comments on Instagram and your DMs, please reach out to us because we are listening to you. This whole platform is for all of us to be able yes. to connect. So let us know who you want on, what topics you want covered, and we'll have that for you. We actually don't have the next episode. We pre-record these ep- episodes. Yes. I've shared that before. I just want to continue to be super open and honest with you guys. So. Uh, yeah, we pre-record these. We don't have anything lined up as of now for next week's episode. So here's what I'm thinking about doing. Okay. Well, I was I'm thinking say, that we do a poll. Okay. Okay. And I want our audience to pick out any girl show, movie, or any episode. And I will watch it and give a male review on that oh. particular episode, movie, or anything. So if you listen to this podcast and you've gotten this far into the podcast, then shoot us over an email, please. It's jamie at jamieotis.com. I'm way better at responding than Doug. So you can just send the email there. 
And then we will let you know what that show is. Uh, Yeah. And I'll make Doug do this. I'm going to hold him to his word. Thank you guys so much for listening. We genuinely love having you here. And goodbye. I love you. I love you. I love you all. And now we're going to try to end it. Until next week. Yes.